When you're deep in a dark dungeon and the cleric's down and dying And you've taken all the potions you had left And you feel like you are doomed because that demon you set loose is coming after you And you can smell its breath Don't ever give up Oh, hello. Welcome to the Role Playing Exchange. Uh, I'm your host, Adam. Well, hi there. Welcome to the Role Playing Exchange. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello! I didn't see you there. <laughs> hey, pull up a seat. Kick off your shoes. Join Why, us. Howdy, stranger. <laughs> Won't you? <laughs> uh, well, that seems like a good introduction. So, <laughs> who are these assholes making fun of me? I'm Noah, and I am Chris. Well, so you know, this is going to be a little bit different episode today, Noah. We've kind of gathered over the past year of doing this that you have a little bit of experience with Shadowrun. I do. Chris and I know jack shit. Today, could you care to regale us? Just tell us about the wonders that is Shadowrun and like some of the lore. Like what what draws you into it, sir? Okay, so the 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 most basic baseline of of Shadowrun is you take the Sprawl trilogy. So William Gibson's uh, novels from the eighties. Um, so something, something that's actually good. Yes, take those, and then you just you just slather it with a layer of like high fantasy, Tolkien, and and derivatives thereof. So and... wait, <laughs> it's a cyberpunk barbecue? Well, I know. Let me just get that rib sauce on there. Yes, yes, that's almost exactly it. It's it's cyberpunk, but with magic and like elves and dwarves and orcs and trolls, among other things. First of all, fuck this. Uh, that's almost exactly what what William Gibson says. So um, <laughs> he has oh, notoriously we- gone on record saying that he does not care for. Shadowrun. He sees it as just kind of dumb. Um, he's been pretty vocal about his distaste for Tolkien in the past. So, so he and I can so agree on go. something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it looks like this game's been out since 1989. So, yep, I don't really think... I don't, were you even born in 1989? Or born? I was one. Okay, okay. So, Depends on when it came out in 1989. Okay. So, how about uh, this? How did you get into it? Like, what was your origin into this unique world? Um, Let's see. Shadowrun 4th Edition 20th Anniversary had come out, and my friend Richard and a couple of our other friends were looking for something to play other than Dungeons and Dragons 4th Ed. So we ended up playing Shadowrun because it was cyberpunk, but it still had some of like that, that fantasy, those fantasy tropes and things like that, or at least some of the those style of characters that kind of made it unique from just like baseline cyberpunk and things like that. So we started playing that and we recorded like 70 game sessions. On uh, Fistful of Misanthropes, which was old gaming podcast that we did that's still all up, which you can go and listen to. We will be linking it. Yeah. 
It is, yeah. We did seventy somewhat episodes. It was, it was a fun, fun time. But that's that's kind of Shadowrun and Warhammer Fantasy are probably the two big games that kept me in the hobby for like a long, long time as I kind of grew and learned more and more about it. it really explains a lot about you, know. It kind of does. So I have my Shadowrun. Uh, 4th edition, 20th anniversary edition core rulebook, which Shadowrun 4 was uh, published by Catalyst, but the original design team went off uh, and made Eclipse Phase and then uh, split off into their own company called post Studios. So Rob Boyle was the line designer for a while. He also did a lot of stuff on... Third edition Shadowrun and the rest of the post human guys had like were they like really big fans of Shadowrun and things like that before they, they joined up for to help make forty a thing and and kind of go from there. So yeah, so that's that gives you a little bit of an idea of what we're dealing with. Um there's some stuff that if that you read in third and fourth edition that uh, is feels very, very eclipse phasey, especially with like the setting information. There's a supplement about the the Renraku arcology in Seattle that uh, basically a, a super malevolent AI takes it over and and locks it down, and it's basically like a mini eclipse phase the 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 fall in like a a supplement kind of deal. What? Yeah, no, it's it's fucking nuts. I have. A copy of first edition, which I actually had signed by the original uh, creator Jordan Weissman uh, at Gen Con one year, so I have that. Um, and it has some goofy, like late '80s, early '90s RPG art. It's pretty great. Oh God, I, I know exactly what you're talking about too. Yeah, I also have a a Shadowrun art book that's all mostly full color art called uh, High Tech Low Life. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Uh, it's a bunch of like the full color spreads and stuff like that, and like a lot of like the really notable art, um, like the classic Shadowrun cover. Which, if you just Google Shadowrun First Edition, you'll probably get the the cover of some three people with very feathered hair. Of course, uh, what else? A leather they jacket who has like some some Wolverine claws and is plugging a cable like a. a <laughs> A guitar cable from his his temple into what looks like to be a very fancy ATM on a street. <laughs> what? The, the second one is uh, she's got like a trench coat, but then like Daisy Dukes and a bikini top, and she's carrying a <laughs> shotgun, and her yeah. hand is glowing. Uh, and then the last guy is he's got like a, a vest on, and he's got some kind of racist uh, Indian face paint. Uh, and he's dual wielding like Mac tens, and he's shooting at some gangsters by a car. I'm already um, in hell. Shadowrun, where man meets magic and machine. So, so uh, let's let's talk about the world of Shadowrun because I think that's where the the most meat and the most Chris suffering is going to happen. Yeah. Now allow me to interject real quick here. Too. Okay. My my experience with Shadowrun was originally well I've never played the, the tabletop game. 
but my experience with Shadowrun has been purely based on the games that came out in the early 90s for Sega Genesis and the Super Nintendo. Right. And I kind of got a basic gist for the game. My understanding of it is at some point, magic came back and people uh-huh. had like weird, like these other class, like DNA kind of deal. Those became more so, active, so they became like elves and shit. Is, am I right so far? For the most part, yes. Other things I know, they call each other chummer. Is that is that canon? Yes, that that's that's uh, like twenty fifties slang. So chummer, you call your best friend or your, you know, your your fellow shatter, and you call him a chummer. Yeah, of course you fucking do. And there's the people who get the jobs are the Mister Johns or Jonestons or what's his name? The uh, your contact with um, like corporations and and people that give you jobs—they are faceless air quotes cutouts called Mister Johnsons. Yeah. So I'm a Mister Johnson. You're a Mister Johnson. And then you, there are technically different like regional terms for them. So like Japan, since this was made in the '80s, it is super super Japan is going to take over the world. That that very eighties like trope of Japan is going to rule everything. All of our companies are going to be like bought out by you know Sony and and things like that. But in Japan, they would actually have uh, Takeshi Sons, things like that. Right. It's like the 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 very generic name. Like you don't need to know my real name; just call me Mister Johnson, kind of thing. Okay, right. Okay, and one last observation from many uh-huh. years of it: you could either. Deckers suck. Because like, they even had like little decking mini games where you had to hack the mainframe <sighs> or whatever, and it was just really like it, it okay. makes sense. Okay, hit me with it. Let's 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 what get is, this out of the what way. is a decker? So we're we're not gonna delve too deep into the mechanics, mainly because it is some arcane bullshit. The main thing you need to know about Shadowrun is that it works on a dice pool system and you're rolling D sixes. So Depending on which variation of the system that you're playing, I played mostly, and by mostly I mean entirely, fourth edition Shadowrun. But you 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 use your stats to create a dice pool. So like you have this many dice for your like your attributes, this many dice for your skill, then in like any specializations, then any gear that you have would all give you dice to put into your pool, which potentially, depending on when your system, can lead to like obscene fistfuls of dice. I am talking like you need both hands to roll all of your dice amounts of dice. Um, Jesus. And then you, you count up like your fives and sixes and then the the thing is is that depending on which version of the system you're using and if you're using um, like your character currency called Edge um, or Karma <laughs> I think in earlier editions Karmic just kind of became your your XP in later editions, but so wait, uh, if you use if you use your edge, are you edging? N- kind of, um, Christopher. <laughs> okay, I'm not gonna go into that talk. Um, but you can have exploding dice as well. So like oh, any six edging you roll, and exploding. <laughs> yes, yes, edging and exploding. It's a it's a great system. But yeah, you can cause your dice to create more dice that you then roll again. But Deckers 
aka hackers, depending on what how far in the timeline you go. They kind of go from deckers to hackers, then back to deckers. Because they use a cyber deck to get into the matrix to hack things. So they, because they are going into a separate uh, like computer system and they, you know, they conk out like, you know, you, if you've ever seen like Johnny Monomic or, or, you can know, you, can you try like, that name again? Johnny Monomic? Mnemonic. Monomic. Mnemonic. Whatever. <laughs> uh, hold on. Uh, Johnny Monomina? Uh, phenomena. Monomina. Mnemonic. Mnemonic. As it's a bullshit word. I refuse. <laughs> it's pronounced mnemonic. <laughs> so wait, did Adam just leave? <laughs> yeah, I think he did. God damn it. So anyways, let's get back to shit. Okay. So Deckers have their own, basically, they end up playing their own game uh, by themselves. So they hack into a computer system and they have to go and they have to sneak around. And it's basically its own separate world. Only like Deckers and hackers and things like that interact with. And therefore, oh, that's that's a sign of good gameplay. If, if a, a hacker is hacking into something, it is like an entirely separate thing that only they play with the GM, and everybody else just kind of stands around. Now, because there are different rates of thought happening, getting it to be one to one can be a little weird. But you can do like cuts in between, like you know the the people outside protecting you and the uh, and the hacker himself. I need to show you this fucking video. Uh, oh god! Which Adam needs needs to link with it. Uh, it's called a night. So a night's work, which is a Shadowrun promo video from 1990. Oh my um, god! I think I've seen this. Yes, yes. This is an almost perfect representation of early Shadowrun. Best, dear listener, go look up a night's work. Uh, should say Shadowrun promo 1990. It is so bad. Uh, when I backed the Shadowrun uh, Returns Kickstarter for the the strategy RPG, I get it at the level where I get a Dock Wagon card, which we'll talk about Dock Wagon later. But on the Dock Wagon cards, they have QR codes that if you scan the QR code, it takes you to this video. So they know they still know that this this video is a is a masterpiece of. of <laughs> Of promotional work, um, but anyway, yes, Deckers genius. are are their own kind of separate thing, and it's kind of terrible. In Sharon Four, they they alleviated a little bit, but there's still like the order of operations that you have to go through to do hacking by the book is obscene. We didn't do it that way. I'm still not quite sure how it's supposed to work. But we never did it that way. We tried to simplify it as much as possible when I played. Because I, of course, had to play the hacker character. I was basically... So, of course. My character was basically... You take one part um, Rick Deckard from uh, Blade Runner. Take one part Togusa from Shadow uh, Ghost in the Shell. And then you take a little bit of me with some, like, neuroses. Uh, and you mix them together... And that's basically my character. So he was like the hacker you detective. Have no neuroses, no. I mean, I, I probably do, but he has much more obvious ones. 
So um, your 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 experience with Shadowrun was basically you were the hacker, much like somebody's playing bass in a band because they didn't have a bass player. Like <laughs> I was both the hacker and the face. So I I basically was the den mother of my group <laughs> for for those games. Like I was like, all right, we have to go and do this. Don't fuck it up. No, don't do that. We had a literal murder hobo. Like our characters. Uh, fixer found him in a sewer and he was carrying around a rifle like he was a literal murder <laughs> hobo. Um, but anyway, so let's let's talk about the sixth world, yeah, aka so, the Shadowrun universe. Yeah, so we, we did put the card a little bit in front of the horse, and that's my apologies. Yes. So that's nah, fine. Um, um, take us back up and then immerse us again, sir. So. Uh, the actual beginning of the Shadowrun timeline is like 1990, but we're not going to talk about that. Well, actually, technically, it's way, way before that. So there's these things called the worlds, which are going off of the Mayan calendar. Um, like you do. So you know how the world was supposed to end, like Mayan Apocalypse 2012? Oh, God. Like that whole no. deal? Oh, God. I can already see where this is going. Yeah, I remember that. So, so Shadowrun works off of that calendar where the the minds called it. There each be like a different world. So we're we are currently, or we were supposed to be in the fifth world from you know twenty twelve backwards. We're supposed to be in the fifth world, and so then the thirteenth Bactoon rolls over, and then magic comes back. Pretty much. That's that's right. almost exactly it. So in um, December twenty fourth, two thousand eleven, they 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 had the dates off just a little bit. The great red dragon Ryumo appears <laughs> above Mount Fuji and races alongside of a a bullet train, the the Shinkansen, ushering in the return of magic to the world. So basically, every even numbered world magic ebbs back into reality. So there was the fourth world, then it went to the fifth world where there was no magic, and now we're in the sixth world where there's more magic. And because of that, it causes UGE to happen, which is unexplained genetic expression. What? Children born in 2011 are born with elven and dwarven traits. Like, classical, like, Tolkien fantasy elves and dwarves. Um, of course, because you know that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then technically, there are also characters who are alive in the fifth or fourth and fifth worlds who were elves who are now still alive uh, because their bodies are so incredibly fucking magical that they have managed to live since the last era. That magic was around. Uh, but we're not going to talk about them too much. Just know that there are immortal elves that have been hiding from humanity for like thousands and thousands of years. Like you do. Yeah. So, backing up a little bit from 2011, in the early 2000s, there are two major decisions uh, that happen that cause um, corporations to become essentially their own countries. In 1999, there is a a food riot in New York City, where um, that causes uh, mobs of people to attack 
uh, a truck carrying infectious medical waste that they believe were actually food. And so the company sues New York saying that, hey, you are responsible for this and we need to be able to protect our assets. So there's a Supreme Court decision uh, called the Seartech decision that allows companies to start providing their own personal security, like military level security. Of and, course. And it, in 2001, there's the Shiawase decision, which uh, the Shiawashi Corporation, like a big Japanese zaibatsu, um, and the court, the Supreme Court decides that corporations, once they get to a certain size, can have extraterritoriality. So they have. So their they become own... their own nations. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> wow. So, um, and then that things kind of spiral out of control from there. In 2009, there's the Lone Eagle incident, wherein um, members of the Sovereign American Indian Movement uh, seize a Shiloh launch facility in Montana and manage to launch a Lone Eagle ICBM at Russia, but the missile never hits and disappears above the Arctic Circle. This is a big thing in Shadowrun. The American Indians, like, they get their shit back. They They basically retake almost the entirety of North America. So the First uh, Nations go hard? They go fucking hard. Um, nice. There's a thing uh, in 2017, so this year, August 17th, 10.32 a.m., mark your calendars, uh, <laughs> where they performed the Great Ghost Dance, which a bunch of Native American uh, nation members get together, and they do a giant ghost dance, and they cause Mount Hood, Rainer, St. Helens, and Adams all to erupt at the same time. <laughs> Why didn't they just uh, go for, like, the super volcano? Uh, I don't think when this was written, they knew about that. So, oh, uh, I don't think because... the, that Mount St. Helens super volcano, not, not St. Helens, the uh, Yellowstone super volcano was, was a, a commonly known thing at the time. Um, but, yeah, basically... Um, they fuck up the entirety of North America and retake retake it. So the United States breaks up into, of course, of course, there's the Confederate States of America. All right. Do they keep slaves? Um, I don't think so, but I, I, I don't think they're actually that, like, as backward as they would usually be. But they're still, like, you know, the South. I want to say uh, Texas tries to secede successfully, but then reintegrates several different times. Of um, course. Parts of uh, the United States and Canada, like the formal Canada government, fuse. Uh, Quebec is free. Uh, um, <laughs> and then uh, we get the United Canadian American States. Does Quebec have its own money, or does it still use the loony? Okay, so here we go. Uh, there's now like a almost. Un- there are certain levels of currency that every nation has, but the default currency is called New Yen, N U Y E N, because it is since the Japanese stock market, whatever, basically it became the de facto market. Of that course. is like the default money for everything is new yen. Um, one new yen is equal to four UCAS dollars in 2070. 
that's just a, a fact I know. So go go wherever you want to do with that. Go right ahead. I wasn't going to say anything. Yep. So also the UCAS, which if you look it up, has the ugliest goddamn flag I have ever seen in anything ever. It is so bad. I don't know what they were thinking when they designed this flag. I wish they would change it, but it is god awful. Oh my All god. Right, it's like it's almost like the Chicago flag, but instead of like the six pointed stars, it's maple leaves. <laughs> and the flag the stars are upside down because they're pentagrams. No, yes, yes, yes they are. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, there's some some nutso flags. Um, what my look in the back of this. So yeah, so um, the United Canadian American States, uh, the Confederation of American States, the CAS, and then uh, at some point, uh, parts of California is taken over by Japan, and then they leave, creating the California Free State. Um, parts of Oregon are become uh, Tier Tangier, which is a Uh-oh. a Elf-controlled separate country. Over in Ireland, parts of it become Tir Nanog. That's actually kind of a deep cut. Yeah. Do the Tuatha de Danan reappear? Probably. There are some... Okay. I'll continue talking about North America for a second, and then we'll come back to some of that stuff. Mexico becomes Aslan, A-Z-T-L-A-N, and basically take over from the southern United States all the way down to the top of uh, South America. That's all one country now. So Mexico oh. goes hard, too. Mexico goes super hard. One of the... Uh, so there, it starts with seven, and it goes up to ten, but there's uh, the AAA corporations, which um, one of them is as technology. Of which course. Is basically, why, why the fuck not? Which basically becomes Mexico's government. Uh, and they're basically the Walmart of the Mechacorps. They they handle like all of the regular like day-to-day needs sort of things. And they totally, totally don't pr- practice blood magic. They super oh, yeah. don't do that, guys. You don't need to worry about it. So, don't worry that all of our arcologies and things like that look like giant ziggurat like Tenochtitlan pyramids. We're good. Don't worry about that, guys. Yeah, I have a very important question, though. Yes. What about the Mayan ball game? Do they bring back the Mayan ball game? Oh, yeah, I'm sure that's probably game. back. I don't know if that ever actually... Oh, God, what is it called? Um, there is a... Not Blood Bowl. What is... There is a, a new sport crash league, I think? <laughs> it, uh, is it roller derby? Sh- it's basically like roller derby meets football. Yeah, there there is a a new sport that is like extreme football kind of thing, and yeah. So, Aslan and the Native American nations sign a treaty at in Denver, which settles the dispute between the United States and the Native American uh, Native American nations. Denver itself becomes a a technically sovereign state uh, governed by the Council of Denver. It's its own little like freeport in the middle of the United States. And eventually Seattle, like the Seattle, the, the SeaTac area becomes its own sort of, it becomes its own port 
of the West Coast that is linked to the UCAS uh, because they still need a port over there. So they, they basically lease it out to uh, the UCAS from the, uh, I think, Salishide? I'm I'm butchering that. Salishide uh, Council in... Uh, which is mostly Idaho, Washington, and parts of uh, Western Canada. But yes, big, big things happen. So there is that. So the, the, the dragon Ryumo appears. There's also been this thing called Vitus happening, uh, which is virally induced toxic allergy syndrome, which has reduced, initially it reduces the world's population by a quarter, and then as new versions of it come along, it, it reduces it even more by like percentages and things like that. So not looking real good on that end. This when, is what happens when you don't vaccinate your magic kids. Pretty much. So magic has come back into the world. People start realizing that they can do magic. People start studying magic. I'm not quite sure when it ha- actually, no, it's right here. In 2026, both Texas A&M and MIT uh, add occult studies to their to their uh, uh, curriculums uh, and rename themselves. You want to give a guess of what they're, they're called now? I, no, I don't. Uh, that's the last <laughs> thing I ever want to do. Mm. So Texas A&M is now Texas A&M, A-M-N-M, Ugh. Agricultural Medicine and Magic. Oh, of course. And MIT is now MIT-NT. <laughs> the Massachusetts Institute of Technology and... Thaumaturgy. Thaumaturgy. Got in one. Of course, old school ritual magic. <laughs> so, um, real quick aside on magic, there are two basic families of magic in, in Shadowrun. Okay. There is hermetic and shamanic. So, hermetic magic is your, your good old wizardly book learning. Magic is a thing that you can learn. You do have to have an innate talent of it, but you can learn to use and create spells, things like that, like using things out of books. Um, magic works no differently than like physics or, or math and things like that. You can figure it out and make it work, even though it's like, you know, it's astral energy. And then shamanic magic is using ley lines and spirits to do magic for you. So I'm guessing shamanic magic is like hippie shit? Yeah, they're like the hippie dippy kind of magic while um, hermetic Mages are your your science scientific quote unquote kind of magic. And twenty, where does where does Dunkelzon appear? Wait, uh, what? Dunkelzon, Dunkelzon. So the big D, uh, Dunkelzon appears in twenty twelve, and Dunkelzon is very important. He is the dragon who everybody is familiar with. He is the face. He comes out. He suddenly appears. He gives a 12-hour interview to a, a news lady and explains what the hell is actually happening. So he's like the Obama of the Dragon Universe. Yes. Yes, he is. And in fact... Oh my god, in, please don't say he becomes the president. 2056, he <laughs> runs for and becomes the president. He god. lasts for all of, like, a day before he is murdered outside of the, the Watergate Hotel... With rocket launchers. <laughs> Racism, man. The hell? It, no, for real. Um, when he dies, he leaves a gigantic rift in the astral plane that another dragon comes out of 
who takes over Denver and makes it his own nest. And I forget. Wait, are we sure it's another dragon? This could just be Dunkle's on like going heel. It's gonna be some. Uh, no, it is another another dragon. What was dragon. His pla- what was his platform like? How did he get this? Ghostwalker. Ghostwalker is the new dragon that comes out of the portal. And if you've played the old game of uh, Earth Dawn, you learn that Ghostwalker and Dunkelzon were clutch mates back in the fourth world. So they're basically brothers. But it doesn't really come know. up in in Shadowrun mainly because uh, when FASA, the original company, kind of those two brands went in different directions. Dunkelzon's platform, I am not 100% sure. I think it's mostly because he uh, was super, super charismatic. Legal weed, mainly. Yeah, that too. There's actual weed. Uh, there is, oh, there is there's literal magic weed. Is it super illegal or... Not uh, I think it's only moderately illegal. It kind of depends on where you're at, because all the police forces are now, like, privatized. So... Mm. Yeah. They got a special uh, name, Noah. What's the special name for the cops? There's Lone Star, there's Knight Errant, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of okay. different companies. Lone Star is whatever. Lone Star is like the main one that you see uh in a lot of the works. Uh but yes, Dunkelzon becomes president and then is immediately killed. There's also uh when he dies, he puts out a will that is just full of like random ass bullshit. So the first party that develops a series species of plant hard enough to flourish in and eventually clean the smog-choked atmospheres of such city as Tenochtitlan, I leave 20 million new yen. Like, he just left all this random-ass shit. He was also the first president to not have uh, a wife or... Um, a family, he picked, Yeah, he, he doesn't have any other family. So he picked one of his best friends and his translator as his first lady. He was also quite active on the Shadowland BBS. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know what you're thinking. BBS? What does that even mean? What? Oh, I remember what it means. Little Van Thorsberg <laughs> tell you about the bulletin boards. So wait, he had an illegal Tumblr. Yes, basically, yes. So he was a he was a member of the Shadowrunner, like, messaging bulletin board system where he would talk to people like apparently anybody could really get on here because there's a bunch of different people that probably shouldn't have uh, accounts on Shadowland that um, that do. Kind of like how there are people who shouldn't have accounts on Twitter? Yes. Maybe important political figures? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, oh. totally. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I would gladly vote for Dunkelzon over some people. So, uh, in 2029, uh, there is the crash, which uh, basically ruins computer systems worldwide. There's a virus that happens that is unlike any other that wipes out our internet, and the new internet called the Matrix is rolled out that is a fully VR-based internet, basically. Um, It's a lot, lot faster um, to handle all these different things and the only way that people are able to actually interact with it is via like VR and things like that. I'm sure it still uses Wi-Fi though, right? In 2029 is very, very rare to have anything wireless because it was the eighties and nineties when they were writing this. So they didn't know about that shit. 
by the time the uh, second crash happens in 2063, uh, which is caused by a rampant AI. Of um, course. Yes. Like you do. Yep. Uh, 2063, uh, I believe. 2064, I'm sorry. Um, it causes uh, the hostile AI Deus um, escapes its, uh, its pen in Renraku Archaeology uh, and then takes out the an original matrix, but a new matrix is in place that then is activated that has all sorts of um, wireless capabilities. Uh, so wait, they had to get the post-human guys to come up with fluff for why we have Wi-Fi now? Basically, it, it's more the post-human guys went on to do Eclipse phase. They weren't hired specifically for this. We have and, this. and Rob Boyle has been was with like FASA and like the 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 Whiz Kids and all that um, way before Eclipse phase happened. But you could definitely see the stuff in Eclipse phase, like where it came from. So there was UGE. I didn't talk about goblinization. Which that sounds like it could be racist. Uh, it kind of is because basically, um, when goblinization happens, twenty twenty one, goblinization happens, which is basically instead of being born like uh, an elf or a dwarf, some people just all of a sudden turn into trolls and orcs. Which, <laughs> like you do. And it's kind of horrifying because it is a sudden physiological change that causes you to grow teeth, to get taller. Uh, if you're a troll, you become like 10 foot tall with horns, huge ass tusks, like hard platy skin. Like it is kind of horrifying. And a lot of people can't really handle it psychologically. And uh, the goblinized, goblinized. I guess that's a word. Members of metahumanity, which is humans, elves, dwarves, orcs, and trolls, they're basically the the underclass for the most part because they're kind of ugly. They're much more monstrous looking than the other members. Uh, in the future, there are think they're basically like black exploitation, like cultures going on with like trolls and orcs. Um, there, there's a a troll under uh, orc underground in seattle which is basically this underground orc community that they they basically have to live underneath proper seattle to to make things uh to make ends meet how's their punk scene uh pretty good nabo woo nabo orc metal's great sub pop show up and going chris oh good good i'm glad to hear that how about <laughs> asian man records uh, uh they're probably numbered by somebody or um, Planet X, who is well known for their folk, folk punk goodness. What oh, folk I'm sure they're probably still What folk punk goodness are you perhaps referring to, Chris? Oh, I could be referring to the song "Critical Hit" by Ghost Mice. Damn it! Is... <laughs> I feel like we ought to be closing now. You just mentioned... no. You're... We've we've barely even scraped the surface, guys. Let me let me interrupt. <laughs> no, no, you here. it's okay. That's it. We're good. We're done. <laughs> let me let me interrupt you here. Like it okay. so definitely has a very rich backstory i i couldn't help but <laughs> rich is one word for it well much like a field that has shit over spread over it is you know rich in fertilization but what i'm asking here i guess is how the fuck do you keep up with all that like like do you just as a player no as a player like 
Did you as a player? As a player, it doesn't even matter. It really doesn't. All you as a from the the player, the standard Shadowrunner point of view, you are just shum smuck who doesn't have a sin, which is a <laughs> standard identification number, I believe. If I remember so that what, correctly. You're basically an illegal immigrant. Basically. Because of the crashes that happen, uh, the original 2029 crash and the 2064 crash, Shadowrunners are people who have lost, basically, they've basically lost their social security. Um, oh, I misplaced it. Yep. This misplaced it's it. somewhere on the internets. Yep. They have lost it, um, and therefore they're outside of the system. They're technically not like citizens. They're they're not people, really. So they can do jobs, do deniable operations, things like that. So wait, and, the the thing is, oh, you lost your uh, social security number. Now you're a black ops agent. Kind of like it's usually hey. These guys aren't people. Nobody's gonna miss them if they're gone. Like they're they're legally they're not human anymore. Let's use them to I don't know cause some chaos, do some corporate espionage, things like that. And some people get really really good at it, and some people don't, and they die. But still, you know, hey, work mega corporations. Like we don't care. We have like endless amounts of money. Let's just you know let's just fuck around basically. So you're a deniable asset. Yes, you're a deniable asset. That's cool. I mean, I was just wondering, like, with the whole unique political climate, and, you know, I, um, could, def- I could definitely see the 80s playing hell on that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, with certain, like, in-universe, like, missions and campaigns and things like that, you can end up messing with the meta plot, which there's a lot of meta plot, which is probably, like, the, the downfall of the, the setting is that... There's just so much going on, and so much of it kind of doesn't actually matter from a player's perspective. Like the entire history. Yeah, there's so much that this just doesn't make any fucking sense. But there's also a thing where, like, there's these really big world-changing things that are supposed to be done by Shadowrunners, and there's this whole kind of aspect of it is that because you are the nameless, faceless Shadowrunner, you may be doing this stuff and changing the world but from a a historical like looking looking in perspective you are just one of the the faceless mooks in the army you're not the great man per se even though you're doing all the actual work that i think is could be kind of interesting like a kind of interesting so, idea but I don't know. so what i'm hearing is that this is a marxist game uh i guess like i mean it's it's very much something that grew up in the the greed and, and excess of the, the 80s, so in Already 2032 gonna... uh, there's a thing that happens called the human, metahuman, vampiric virus. So basically, there is a retrovirus that achieves virulence and power in a magic-rich environment that causes people to basically become vampires. <laughs> like you do. Yes. Uh, there's a couple different variations. Uh, there's HMHVV1, which turns people into vampires. And this is uh, kind of the first time you see the uh, the variations between metatypes. So a human will become a vampire, but an elf 
they get HMHVV would technically be, be considered a banshee. <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Why? Uh, all that lore, aren't they? <laughs> uh, dwarves would become goblins, orcs would become wendigos, uh, and trolls <laughs> would become Zunuqua. <laughs> what? What is a Zunuqua? D Z O O dash N O O dash Q U A. Look I it mean, up. I like my I like mythology. I am really super into monsters, and I don't even know what that is. Oh, I think it's a a Fomori. Chris, you know how the French are. They they don't want to adopt English words, so instead of it being a cell phone, it's a mobile telephone. Yeah, it's a oh, so the trolls are like that because of the Académie Française. <laughs> yes. Um, then there's HMHVV two. Which humans become Luguru. <laughs> uh, dwarves become Nars, elves become Harvesters, orcs become Grendels, and trolls become Fomori. Well, um, I caught magic aids. Guess I'm a werewolf now. Oh, yeah. Uh, Sasquatches. Okay, Sasquatches are real now, by the way. Uh, and they have. They've always been real. They've always been They have the loveliest singing voices. I am not joking. Uh, Sasquatches are real, and they sing, and they have incredibly nice singing voices. There's actually a couple of bands that have Sasquatches as their singers. Like, when you say nice, are we talking nice, like Tom Waits is sort of nice, or... Tom uh, I'm, I think they're supposed to be very melodic. In sound. <laughs> okay, so not like Tom Waits. No, but it's... Yeah, they're... There are singers. There, there's some weird uh, sentient species that are uh, awakened species, which is awakenings magic based, that aren't quite aren't quite sapient, but are still sentient enough to be kind of like you'd feel bad if you killed one kind of thing. Oh, so they're like pigs. Kinda, yeah, yeah, a little pigs bit. Pigs are super smart. They're, they're much super, smarter super than we smart. Get so yeah, so there's I think uh, fairies and centaurs also appear, um, but the only ones that you usually hear about are sasquatches. Um, sasquatches when they get HMHVV become Jabberwocks. Uh, <laughs> what? And then when they get HMHVV two, they become Bandersnatches. It. <laughs> okay, this is but where you lost. Hast thou slain the Jabberwock? <laughs> um, it, it, they're really weird. So basically. They, they, the HMHVV virus turns people into vampires and things like that, which just gives them the standard, like, what you would think a vampire, like, would look and act like. Um, also, I, I should, I, I need to say this, I think it goes without saying, but this is all super dumb. Yeah, oh no, that's fine, that's fine, I totally understand. There's also HMHVV3, which creates ghouls, which are the, the most virulent strain of HMHVV. Or which can be passed through a bite. It's basically the zombie yeah. apocalypse. Sort of. It's sort of like uh, almost like the ghouls from Fallout, but more like virus based than like nuclear radiation based. Um, so they're poorly written, and on, on, everyone only likes Raoul. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, so that you can become feral ghouls, but there's also still sentient ghouls, and uh, at some point. There is an entire ghoul nation in parts of Africa. That's that's not unfortunate at all. No, it's not. 
There's no. They also love. They, they love. Or, they love human flesh. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely no uh, unth- unseen political message there. Yes. Uh, Are any of these characters playable? Yeah, you can totally play a goal, and you can totally play vampires and things like that. But it's, I mean, it's not recommended, but you can totally do it. Um. So that also brings up another thing, and that there are sub meta types for different um for different types of meta humanity. So uh, an elf, you could dependent on uh sort of like your ethnicity or just like your location in the world when you're born, you can have a different uh meta type other than your standard like Tolkien esque elf. Uh, there are dryads. Uh, there are night ones, which are European elves known for having a, a dark-colored fur. Um, so they're drow. Kind of. Kind of. Slavs uh, are drow. Now I'm imagining a, dra- a, a drow in a fucking tracksuit squatting with, like, a bottle of vodka. Thanks, Noah. You're welcome. Uh, there's in my uh, Wakyambi, which are dark-skinned elves of Africa. There's <sighs> the Zapiri Tepe. Which are a elf variant uh, native to Amazonia? I'm sorry, to what? Amazonia. So uh, most of South America, mainly the one in the Amazon River Delta, becomes like its own big ass country called Amazonia. Okay, I was for a moment there. I thought we were going to have to deal with a bunch of anti-feminists. <laughs> no, 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 no. The other ones. Uh, humans, like standard humans, only get. Um, one meta type, which is basically, they don't list it here. Uh, it's a, um, basically you become like Shiva. So you grow an extra pair of arms and your skin is like a very bright, bright hue. And they are native to the Indian subcontinent. Wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I-, I was wondering how they could disappoint me and they did. They made it worse. Dwarves uh, have gnomes, which are most prominent in Central Europe. Harumen, which are uh, a dwarven variant from India with a monkey-like appearance. Um, if you're from Japan, you could possibly be a Koborokuru, uh, which are the uh, people that live under butterbur leaves. If you're from Hawaii, you could be a Menahune or a Quirks if you're from uh, Saxony. Trolls get Cyclops. So, like- Fomori giants, giants and minotaurs, and orcs get hobgoblins, ogres, onis, and satyrs. This is really making me be more appreciative of, you know, the options that are available to us now. Because, you know, it just seems like to me it's like we we took we took uh, Dungeons and Dragons and then slapped a coat of modern paint on it, or William Gibson paint. To make it all cyberpunk, and then we got lost in the lore. Is what it just seems like, and then you had to start tying. Yeah, I think the the need for splat books, especially in like the the nineties and early two thousands, kind of caused them to go like world of darkness crazy, <laughs> and 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 start just trying to pull as much from as much like folklore and things like that to to because tie it, it didn't in. fucking start out crazy. I mean, it already started out pretty crazy enough, but, like, a lot of this stuff was added in later. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love my gonzo bullshit. My favorite game is still Unknown Armies, but come on, man! <laughs> well, it's 
it's I'm appreciative of this stuff. I, I definitely am. But it it existed so we could have a starting point, you know, better things. And you know, from what I've gathered, surfing the internet, if you were wanting a cyberpunk flair to your game, given all the perceived faults we have in this thing right now, this was your best bet. It was this or Cyberpunk 2013, which became Cyberpunk 2020. That was about it. There's maybe a couple other small ones, like maybe Cyberspace, but I'm not quite sure when that actually came. So we have a, we have a wide plethora of political environment. We have a, just a bizarre exploding, constantly fueled by the need to sell supplemental books of like character classes and probably more bizarre settings. I like I, I don't know if I'm imagining this. Like I thought I saw books dedicated to regions like say Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Or- the big ones, uh Seattle is like the default setting. Um you'll get some stuff about Denver so, parts wait, of like is Shadowrun like a a big a third doesn't have a chapter dedicated to coffee. Just coffee snobbery. Uh, no, this is Gen X, Chris. This has got Gen X right now. There over. is a book called Seattle 2072 for Fourth Edition that is just basically all about the Seattle region. So I'm sure it's all in there. But because the original writers were from that region, they just went whole hog with the the Seattle love. You also um, got Redmond, Washington, in that area for like Microsoft. So it, I mean, makes I'm- sense. I'm not about to write a game about Florida, and I live here. Because uh, Florida sucks. Hey, it does. Cool. Florida's a part of the, the Caribbean League, by the way, which is... Um... I don't ever want to know about Florida, Noah. <laughs> ever. <laughs> ever. Also, I think uh, Dunkelzahn ran as a Democrat. Um, yeah, like I said, he was running on a pro-weed platform. Yep. Uh, in 2056, uh, Chicago is quarantined. It became known as Bug City due to <laughs> infestation of bug spirits. Wait, bug spirits? So there is, they're called that. They're not actually insect spirits of insects, but that is the easiest way to equate how they behave. Um, and because they are an incursion from a deep, dark part of the astral plane, they are really terrifying and they basically turn Chicago into a hell zone. Like, somebody fucked up, and insect spirits just start pouring out and taking over, and it's real, real bad. So, like, real, somebody set off a spirit bomb or something? Kind nu- of? It's, they, they spirit nuked it. So, uh, the astral plane can just kind of, like, peek out in places. It can just kind of appear when different ley lines intersect in the astral plane. The... You know, the magic in the world ebbs and wanes in different parts. It will just rifts can open up. Haley's Comet comes around sometime. Uh, 2061. Um, and that causes Surge to happen. Wait, Surge. Heaven's Gate doesn't come back? Uh, no, they, they don't, unfortunately. Uh, Surge, which I believe stands for Sudden Unexplained Recessive Genetic Expression. What? Uh, uh, so this is... Hold on. Like, we need to talk about all these fucking acronyms. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is, are we at a fucking teaching conference? <laughs> I, we might be. I mean, I'm I'm certainly taking you all to school. There was, uh... So, there was a security team for the Matrix for a long time, uh, called the GRID 
Overwatch division. What does grid stand for? Uh, that's the Matrix. A, a grid is a part of the Matrix. It's oh, the, really? Because it's not like the gummy riddle instruction device? No, 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 it's not. It's it's a grid. It's a, a internet grid in the area. But the group is called God. Grid what does God... And they, they basically the the internet security for a long time. And wait, so the internet is protected by God, protected by God, who has demigods. So uh, wait, 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 wait. If you're there to like fix something from the internet, you're on a mission from God. Yeah, totally. Oh my God. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm back on channel run. Okay, Let's do this. It's one so, me over. Alright, so it's about to lose you again, because I'm about to explain Surge. So, sudden, unexplained recessive genetic expression happens when Haley's Comet comes back by. It brings a wave of magic, um, and it basically causes everybody's special snowflake, unique Mary Sue, Gary Stu, whatever you want to call it, player character to be possible. It allows for, like, weird-ass mutations to happen within metahumanity, so you can have suddenly have like cat ears or a foxtail or like big spikes on your arms and all sorts of random weird bullshit. I am going to. Was there a random table for this? A wall. I don't think there was a random table, but there were options you can buy in like some of the um, the player facing supplements. So so yeah, Haley's comic comes by twenty sixty four. Another crash happens. Um, like I said, caused by AI. And then we're into the wireless era, which not a whole lot happens, like real, real big. There's a lot of like stuff with like the dragons and the immortal elves, and Aslan sacrifices a dragon, which is a big, big no-no. And there's some stuff with like with between fourth and fifth edition. There's a changeup where uh, fifth edition wants to go back to a more like '80s aesthetic for Shadowrun. They want to have like the big decks where you have to plug in and stuff like that. They want to get rid of a lot of the wireless stuff. So they cause this whole thing where like all the nanomachine technology that had been being created and implemented into the, the setting kind of backfired and allowed for AIs uh, to, start, to start taking over people. Um, <laughs> yeah. Of course. Oh, I didn't talk about the Technomancers. Please so, do. The what? The Technomancers. They're originally called Otaku, which... Of course they are. I think they kind of missed the point of that word. But, so, there's people there who are awakened who can do magic. And then there are uh, Otakus and Technomancers. And they're basically... They are naturally, wirelessly capable. They They can access the internet without using a cyber deck or implants or anything like that. So their superpower is that... They're fucking iBoy. They're they're Neo from like the last I don't know. Somebody shot somebody shot them while they were holding an iPhone and now they have an iPhone in their brain. No 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 no. They're all natural. If they actually get implemented, it makes it worse. <laughs> that's oh, that's another thing I didn't tell tell you about. So uh Shadowrun has a, a a um a basically a stat called Essence, which okay. uh, is basically your soul. For, them, for lack of a better term, it's like it's a little bit more than just that, but it's it, the easiest way to explain it is it's your soul, it's your natural body, 
And when you start augmenting yourself, you start losing essence. When you start having to ch- hack off body parts to put on, you know, your shiny chrome robot arms and things like that, you start losing essence. Sweet. Um, okay, I remember that. And when it happens, you start losing some of your personality, um, especially if you start doing it in large, large amounts. So you become more and more like emotionally dull and things like that. And it also makes you harder to to both do and be have to perform magic and have magic performed on you because you are less and less natural. So that that's a stat. So it's got this game has an anti cyborg stat. Kind of. It's basically a way to prevent players from like just cramming themselves chock full of broken ass augmentations and things like that. Um, because if you a lot of different things, like it, it gets down to pretty granular levels of of uh, essence. So like you can have like point zero zero two essence and still be considered like a human, even though you're I mean, chock full of like you know you you had your entire like nervous system ripped out. You've got like dermal plating inside of your body. Um, you've got like big ass robot legs and shit like that. So. So, do I have less essence because I have bad vision and I correct it with glasses? No. You would have less essence if you had bad vision and decided to get your eyes replaced. So, what if I got LASIK? That's basically getting my eyes replaced. <sighs> That's still... You're using... No. I'm using logic. No. that that Because that, you're still... You're forcing your body to, to change itself. You're not actively replacing parts of your body with something else. So, what if I... Re- what if I created um, new eyes from my genetic material that worked better? Okay, like, so there I... is some stuff with that in later systems where you can grow body parts, oh, but God. whether or not you lose essence is kind of up to the GM. <laughs> what about gene therapy, Noah? Uh, they don't get too deep into gene therapy. Again, this is also that's happening in later editions that they're kind of trying to... No, to, I'm not uh, asking them. I'm asking you. Oh, God. I mean, I would assume no, you would not lose essence from gene therapy, but that is me from my my perspective if I was ever run it. So, and that's why you'll never be a true gamer. Oh god. <laughs> I feel like I was talking about something else when we got into this. Technomancer. You do a podcast over Shadowrun and <laughs> it just destroyed your life. My my brain is starting to melt off my ears. Um so Technomancers can access the internet wirelessly via their own brains and st- surf and perform and do things like that. They can create their own, basically their own like spirits in, in the matrix called sprites, which are bits of code that kind of turn into like their own little AIs and things like that. And in fifth edition, they're kind of trying to roll that back some too, because now technomancers are like super susceptible to being taken over by rogue AIs within the, the matrix. That's, that's all the, the big stuff. One of the dragons, one of the great dragons, uh, Lothweir, is the owner of Seder Krupp, which is one of the AAA mega corporations, which was actually born of uh, BMW. <laughs> so BMW is run by a dragon. Uh, yes. What, dragon. what do dragons not? That's actually a very good point. That's actually one of the motivations of uh, one of the meta plot characters. Um, Harlequin is that he fucking hates the dragons so much. But his name just makes me think he's a tool. Oh, he is a tool. He's a total tool. He is the the ultimate like GM tool for fucking over your characters. He is the like invincible Mary Sue Metaplot character. He has um 
a leather jacket that's full of buttons, and each one of those buttons is its own like magical foci. So you, <sighs> it's like he has a bunch of pre-prepared spells and things like that. He's also an an immortal elf. He's been around since like the fourth age, so he's had a lot of time to do magic. What is he doing with his life? That I don't know. He's a weird. He's a weird magic elf. Like I don't. I don't know. He's chaining other magic elves and being a prick. You can team up with him in Shadow and Returns, the um the video game that came out a couple of years ago. If you if he dies when you if he dies in the mission that he's on, right before you get to the boss, he comes out of like a room and is like, Oh yeah, that was like a clone or a body double or something like that and he just <laughs> keeps going. Like oh, he is him. he is Drizzt. Kind of. He's not as like sad boy, like mopey as Drizzt, uh, but he is a a Mary Sue metaplot PC character. So, Chris, what do you think about this so far? Like, are you gonna ask Noah to scrap the Deadlands game in favor of Shadowrun? I think I'm dying inside. Well, we all are in the there's a there's a bunch of stuff we didn't go over. Like, I barely touched on the. The corporate court and the the triple A uh, mega corporations and stuff. I'm sorry, the corporate core court C O U R T. Oh Christ! It's so, the governing body formed by the the top ten triple uh, A mega corporations. So, are you saying that I can be told I'm guilty by Bill Gates? Yes. Oh Pretty joy. Much. You probably wouldn't actually get even that high up. You would run into some low-level schmuck whose job it was to tell you that you're guilty. There's a corporation called Dockwagon. Oh, I remember Dockwagon. They'd heal you around the game. Yep. Uh, so Dockwagon is basically um, an ambulance surface service mixed with a PMC. So Okay, because you, that's not a bad combo. Well, in this rampant world of, like, extraterritoriality and and things like that it's actually not a terrible idea so basically depending on what level of dock wagon service you get if your character gets you know shot or killed or something like that or almost killed they will come pick your ass up and and you know take you to a hospital provide on-site first aid things like that and depending on what level of service that you get they will straight up roll in with like a SWAT team to to pick your ass up and carry you out. And if you have like the top premier service, they'll come in with like an attack helicopter. They will go into uh, extraterritorial zones that are owned by AAA corporations to pick you up and take you out. Like it is fucking nuts. It's also super, super expensive. <laughs> I kind of like where it's, it's went from dock wagon, saving your ass. Uh, now you're backed up. So that's, that's yeah. cool. It's, it's nice to see the evolution. I'll, I'll play, I'll play good guy on this one here. It's nice to see what Shadowrun has evolved into. And I hope that, well, I don't understand. If there, don't know if there's going to be any salvation for the story as far as I'm concerned, but I do have a confession, guys. Chris, like, no, this may be the end of uh, the podcast with Chris. Chris, about, I don't know, 1999, I hopped on eBay and paid like 15 bucks and got 20 or 30 shadow run novels. There is a plethora of shadow run paperback books and some, they have some of the most amazing cover art I have ever seen. I think I've read four of them. 
out of the entire box of like uh, twenty. There's one that really, I remember because I think like, there's a guy on like a jet ski who was just like full bore, like yeah, and the jet ski has like guns on it and they're shooting. I am dying. I am in hell. Um, so, is there any questions that you guys have for me? No. Why are you being my Virgil? <laughs> uh, somebody's got to do it, right? I, this is this is a serious question. Now, did you enjoy your, when you played it? Oh yeah, I fucking love Shadowrun. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, I'm glad like I, I fully understand that it is like a super super dumb concept. But then again, I was I was playing with. A guy who, like I said, was a literal murder hobo. He was a super soldier project gone bad. He was just dumped in a sewer. So our our um, our fixer found him, what gave him a you gun. Fucking do! And I was like, "Hey, you want a job?" Uh, another of our characters was a a troll physical adept, which a physical adept is somebody who can't cast magic but uses magic to power themselves up. And a physical adept uh, is basically like super martial arts they can literally punch ghosts (laughs) like they're one of the few ways you can physically interact with like a spirit outside of like using other spirits and magic and stuff they can actually use channel their magic into their hands or into their body and use it to fight ghost hand to hand (laughs) and he was a troll so he was already super fucking huge so he could um i think we calculated it out and if he got a bow and arrow his maximum range was a kilometer, that's a and that's that's range. using an arrow that's like the size of a piece of rebar. So, what you're saying is the way to fight ghosts is have your hands get possessed and then to punch. People. Basically, it's it's more use your own like inner energy, inner magical energy to to cause your hands to be able to punch ghosts. But yeah, yeah, pretty much. The uh, series of books, by the way, I just looked it up. There is a trilogy. It was, uh, God, what the fuck? People are still reading them. I'm looking on Amazon right now, and somebody dropped a review back in December. The series was called Choose Your Enemies Carefully. And all I can remember is some dude's sister was a work, turned into an orc. And then she got vampirized, and like he went on a quest to try to save her from coming into a a Wendigo or whatever, maybe it was Wendigo. Yeah, yeah. Wendigo. And he ends up boning an elf chick, and he grows a beard. Like that's all I remember of the entire thing. But dude, I, like I said, I played the I played the Sega game, Nintendo game. Did you play the Xbox 360 game? No, no, I did not. That was actually the first place I had heard of Shadowrun, but I never actually played it because I heard it was terrible. Also, I need you, I need both of you to just Google Shadowrun Lone Wolf and. Tell me that is not one of the most fucking awesome book covers you have ever seen. Or not to. I mean, I'll just drop it in the chat if I have to. Dude, that's pretty badass. I'm like, I'm gonna text you later. He just shot that book in half, that that boat in half. (laughs) Is that. What the fuck is going on? Um, this is Shadowrun. This is Exalted, isn't it? You're you're just fucking talking to me about Exalted now. No, no. I oh God, I wish I could talk about Exalted. We have to get Laura on to talk about Exalted. No, we don't. Actually, we we'll have to get Laura on to talk more about Shadowrun because I'm sure there's some stuff I I know I missed. Is that real or is that is that the internet? No, that's. Uh, I don't think that's the actual title, oh. but. I think Stripper Assassin would be like a, a pretty. Also, um, they spelled Stripper wrong. Draper Assassin. Draper Assassin. 
I hope I misspelled stripper wrong. I hope I'm just not reading striper. Oh well. Now the uh, let's let's do some redeeming stuff. Did you play the PC games that came out recently? Yes, uh, I played uh, Shadowrun Returns. Actually, backed it, so I have a uh, I backed it at a pretty decent level too. Um, but I uh, I played Returns and Dragonfall. I got to, like to the end of the Dragonfall game and got my ass handed to me. I just kind of stopped because I think I played my I made my character wrong. Um, and I have Hong Kong, and I started it, but I only just barely started it. I think I made it to the end of the first one, and I liked it. And it's kind of cool that Dennis Detweiler worked on these projects when they were when we used with Hairbrain Schemes. Yeah, um, I mean they're uh, they're really really good games, and I definitely recommend if somebody wants to get into Shadowrun, that's probably the best way to do it right now. <laughs> if somebody wants to get into Shadowrun. Don't. I, on the other hand, say do. There's just I'm not sure. I'm I'm not a real big fan of fifth edition. I got like the core rulebook. I got a really fancy edition of the core rulebook, and it didn't really thrill me. It's very very pretty looking, but the rules just don't seem all that great. Plus, they're doing some weird rollback stuff. They're basically undoing a bunch of stuff that the post human guys did. So, but um, fourth edition is still really good. I actually had a high school kid this year mention something to me about Shadowrun because he knows I. I do a podcast over role playing games and stuff like that. And he put in him and his family, they play Dungeons and Dragons. It's, you know, kind of a nice setup like that. But he's like, Oh, I can't wait to search Shadowrun. I was like, Nope. That's cool. Like, no, dude, I'm not going to, like any young mind, like we all got to go through the Dungeons and Dragons phase, unless you're Chris and you jump straight into riffs or what was it? What were you playing? Uh, I created my own game. Okay. But he, like, <laughs> ended, uh, like, what? What, Noah? <laughs> what? What? What was this original game of yours? Um, it was actually uh, based off of the Dresden Kodak comic. Uh, it was. Oh my Dungeon. god! Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I was seventeen. I fucking hate you so much. Oh my god! I should make fun of you. You chastise me for my <laughs> role playing game choices. I'm going to talk about Dungeons. Warhammer next time. Fuck you. It was you. Dungeons and Discourse, and I actually came up with the fucking Powered by Apocalypse concept in 2007, and I didn't realize it was a good idea. Because you were playing your game. Yeah, and I had a lot of fun, you son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, God, Tristan Kodak. Ugh. Listen, you know, we all make Listen, mistakes. I was friends with him. I know you were. Well, I think we've given our listeners enough to uh, choke on at the moment. <laughs> so, that's so, one way of putting it. Oh, and I'll, I would ask you to tell us kind of the general outline of your campaign that you played in. But, you know, for that. <laughs> it was Okay, we did 70 episodes, and the only reason we stopped is because two of us had to move. Like, it would have kept going. Like, it was, this was like our... our like once a week, get together, hang out, and and play Shadowrun kind of thing. We did like a a summer break at one point for Warhammer and uh, some other games like Call of Cthulhu and shit. But like it was our default game for a very long time, and it was just us trying to not kill each other. <laughs> so it's like the RPX crew, except we do try to kill each other. Yes. Well, not all of us try to kill each other, Chris. Well, I'm pretty sure Aaron's out to get me now. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> apparently, apparently, like, you really screwed some people over. <laughs> I followed standard operating procedure, goddammit. <laughs> That's, uh, I don't 
don't know if that's really a thing with Delta Green, but sure. Whatever <laughs> you keep telling yourself that, buddy. Yeah. So right. there's a, a bank in space in Shadow. <laughs> what? Uh, okay. <laughs> We're back. <laughs> there's a thing called the Zurich Orbital, which is basically the um the world bank for the corporate court as Captain Space where it's the safest. <laughs> I, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> there's a there's a lot of things going on. Um, I think with that, I think we're going to call it a night, folks. That sounds good. So <laughs> next time we'll talk about Warhammer Fantasy and I'll make his brain melt even more. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you very much for sharing. Now, yes, if Chris is not too broke. What was that dirge that brought him into this death marsh that we just went through? Chris? <laughs> dirge. <laughs> that funereal tone you heard was, was a, song, a song of hope and justice by Ghost Mice called Critical Hit. You can find their music on uh, Planet X Records and uh, check them out for more folk punk goodness. Head on down to your local Stuffer Shack, kids. I'm sure it's in there. Yeah. <laughs> And if you would like to find out more about the Rope Point Exchange, please visit us at www.therope. I mean, excuse me, I done screwed up my own thing. Please visit us at www.ropepointexchange.com. And also, we are located on Facebook. What is my Facebook page? Facebook.com slash Rolepointexchange? Exchange. The Rope not Roleplaying Exchange. The Roleplaying Exchange. You can tweet at us, let us know what you think, have any comments or questions or anything like that. You can tweet us at RP Exchange. R-P-E-X-C-H-A-N-G-E. So, uh, Noah, do you have any new pro- projects coming up? Uh, yes. I have been working on a podcast called Maple Syrup Blood Money, um, which you can find at mapleandblood.wordpress.com. WordPress.com. You can find it on iTunes, uh, Google Play, things like that. It is a Riverdale podcast. So me and Kyle Cardi uh, get together and talk about the CW show Riverdale, which is all about the Archie comics. But if it was a CW teen drama show where somebody kills Jason Blossom and Archie is fucking Miss Grundy and all sorts of crazy bullshit. Is this why you play Shadowrun? Because you have some weird I, you that know, is for terror. I, you know, it might be. This might. I think Riverdale plus Shadowrun plus wrestling plus Catherine is my aesthetic. All right, I was afraid I was going to have to be the one mentioning Catherine this time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can't go an episode without mentioning Catherine. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. Good night, everybody. <laughs> good night. Good night. Did we think this one through, Chris? No, we did not think this one through at all. I kind of did. <laughs> Don't How dare you? Not all fights are won by skill. Some are won by luck. Don't ever give in. You've got to keep on trying till you lose or you win. Cross your fingers, roll the die. Wait with hope for the big 2 Cross your fingers, roll the die. Let it go, let it go, let it go. Let it roll, let it roll.